God said, let there be light. And ever since, he has been continuing to bring light into a dark world. Jesus himself came as the light of the world to destroy darkness and to change the course of history. This is Light, a three-part Christmas series about how life has changed for us now that Jesus has come to earth as a man. Good morning. Welcome to Grace Life. How are you guys doing? I'm going to assume you're clapping for me in my jacket. Everybody asks why I'm wearing one. I don't know. Maybe somebody's going to die in the middle of the service. I'll be ready for the funeral. Just kidding. Nobody's going to die. Nobody's going to die. I just thought, hey, it's Christmas. We should wear a jacket for Christmas. And, and so anyway, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll wear one for Easter too, just so you know. You're with me. Come on, man. Looking good. There you go. All right. So we're in a series, it's our Christmas series called Light, and the whole series is actually designed to be pointing towards Wednesday night for Christmas Eve. Uh, so if you're going to be here, you're going to get to kind of see where we're headed with this whole thing. The whole idea of this is that we are going to proclaim on Wednesday night something really important. And we're going to have this wonderful, nice, traditional candlelight kind of service with some carols and some readings and stuff. And it's going to be very nostalgic and you're going to enjoy it. But at the same time, we are going to proclaim that Jesus has come into this world as the light to destroy darkness. That he has changed the course of history and the condition of humanity. And that's pretty stinking important, don't you think? It's a very big deal. Well, here's the problem with something that is such a big deal that we can forget that it's also a very individual, tiny deal. Not only did he die to change the course of humanity, he died for you. For whatever darkness that you face, every single one of us, these little things. And I think some of the time we go through Christmas and just miss out on what we're supposed to get from it because we don't understand how individual the message of Jesus is for every single one of us and what he wants to do for us. And there are a couple of reasons we miss out on this. And, and one of them is because our darkness in the world around us has become so normal to us that we don't even know it's darkness anymore. We just think it's the way life is supposed to be. We think this is what God intended for every one of us. We get this idea. Some of us are lonely. And we just hear all the time, well, loneliness is normal in this digital age. Everybody's friends on Facebook now. Nobody goes to anyone's house anymore. But that's not true. That's not supposed to be normal. The darkness that we feel when we're not with other people and we feel like there's no one there to cry with us or to laugh with us, that's not what God intended. Some of us, we just think, well, stressed. Stress is a darkness, if y'all haven't noticed. I mean, some of us need medication to get through the stress that we have in our lives. And, and the enemy wants you to think that everybody's just stressed. We're supposed to be stressed. Do you know anybody who's not stressed? Then they're probably on that medication, right? You know? And, and maybe some other medication they can't tell you about. That's how you get through that sort of thing. Or How about the, the you know, I, I meet people all the time that we, we don't like ourselves, we really don't. Matter of fact, if you do meet somebody who really likes themselves, they probably shouldn't. <laughs> There's, they, they got a wrong idea of themselves. Like, look in the mirror, buddy. You should know yourself a little better. But most of us, the normal people, we have a problem with who we are. Every single one of us either wants to be taller or shorter or, or fatter or skinnier or blonder or brunetter or balder or hairier. It doesn't really matter. My, my wife 
she grew really fast. And so by the time she was like in middle school, she wished she could be shorter. Me, on the other hand, I almost never grew and always wished I could be taller. And it doesn't matter. We, and as funny as this is, because you're laughing right now, it's not funny when you wake up every single day and you look in the mirror and you're surrounded by darkness. Maybe the darkness is, is how poor or how broke we are. And we think that that can never go away. That no matter what we do, it's one step forward and two steps back financially. Maybe it's just how distant we feel from God that the world is so dark and lonely. But here's the good news. We're not going to stay in the darkness. Jesus declared that he was the light who came into our world to destroy our darkness. That's the good news. Here's what he actually promised. It's out of John chapter 12 that Jesus said, I have come into the world as light so that whoever believes in me does not have to remain in darkness. It's his promise for every single one of us. Here's the deal. Because Jesus has come into the world, none of us have to remain in the darkness that we know. None of us have to keep looking in the mirror and wishing we were someone else. None of us have to keep wishing that a problem would go away that we think is never going to go away. None of us have to keep saying, this is normal, I just have to learn to accept it. That is not the plan at all. None of us have to keep feeling like God is ready to strike us with lightning at every moment. That he doesn't love us and we can't have that. No one, I want you to hear this. No one should have to remain in the condition of life that the enemy has tricked you into thinking is absolutely normal. That it's acceptable or that it's unchangeable. This is what Jesus came to deal with. And so I want to show you a passage to help you understand uh, really what Jesus did when he came as light into the darkness. And it's, a, it's an incredibly normal Christmas passage you've never heard at Christmas before. It's in Matthew chapter 4. So just look at the screen or if you've got your Bibles, it'll be in verse 13 is where we'll pick it up. And this is Jesus, just to put you in the timeline of where he is, he just was tempted uh, in the wilderness right after being baptized by John, and he goes into the wilderness tempted by Satan, and he kicks off his ministry, and here's how he does it. It says, And leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum by the sea, in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Well, what did that prophet say? He said, The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, the way of the sea, Beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. And for those dwelling in the region and the shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. Now that sounded like you were just in geography class, didn't it? And you're all thinking, did he really choose that for Christmas? Yeah, I did. And you're never going to hear this at Christmas again. You never have heard it Christmas before. You've probably never heard it before because I even had to like look up how to pronounce Naphtali this week to make sure I was going to get this right. But, but I want you to understand why this matters for us as we talk about Jesus coming as light into darkness. And so we're going to go to school for just a second. Just follow me. It really won't be as boring as it sounds. But out of all of the tribes of Israel, Zebulun and Naphtali were the black sheep. They were the kids who didn't know how to follow the rules. They were always doing the opposite of what God wanted for them. If God said, turn right, they turned left. If God said, stand up, they sat down. It didn't matter. They were always doing the exact opposite of what God's plan was. Therefore, all they knew was darkness. 
because they never experienced and felt God's favor upon them. Because they were, they were always rebelling against them. And they were always encountering the worst of things on planet earth. Well, it didn't take long before that paid off for them in a bad way. So you might have heard of a group of people called the Assyrians. About 700 years before Jesus came to live on planet earth, they were attacked. And this region was completely taken over. And all of the people who lived there were carried off. There were almost none left. And then the Assyrians sent some of their own people to live here. So now this entire region that used to always shun God now has people living there who've never even heard of this God, who know nothing about how to worship Him. They've never read His Word. They don't know any of His ways. It's the region of darkness living in the shadow of death. And that's exactly what was happening. About 600 years later, finally, just before Jesus came and we had the first Christmas, they let some of the people come back. But think about this. How well do you know your grandparents? How about your great-grandparents? How well do you know however many greats it would take you to go back 600 years? Do you know them at all? Exactly. And so even though some of their descendants 600 years later got to come home, they had no clue who God was, no way to worship Him. It was the darkest region, and they were as dark as it had ever been, spiritually completely lost from God. And so Jesus shows up to do His ministry. Now, if you and I were in charge of Jesus' ministry plan, his business plan, we would have not done what he did. We said, hey, Jesus, all right, let's get this straight. You're going to come, and you want to make a big splash, and you want to have like a big marketing day, and you want everybody to know about you and everything that's going on. We recommend Jerusalem. It's a pretty big city, and, and in Jerusalem, you are going to encounter the rich people. They're going to give you better places to stay and better food. You're going to encounter the political people. You're going to want them on your side because you're going to need that. You're going to encounter the business people and the religious people, and everybody you need to know about is going to be in Jerusalem. That's where the powerful people are. And Jesus said, no, I'm actually going to go set up shop. Like, I'm going to not just visit. I'm going to live here. I'm going to start my ministry among the people who were in the darkest region. Now, I just went to Israel. So this, for me, has a completely different understanding than it did back when I used to read it. But this is, is so far from everything else. Like now, in 2014, they even told us, all right, tomorrow we're going to go to Capernaum. All right, so y'all can get up early, but don't worry, you'll get lots of sleep on the bus because it is the road to nowhere. Like you're going to get there, and the only thing there is a pile of rocks, and the only thing that makes it significant is that Jesus once visited this pile of rocks. That's in 2014. Imagine 2,000 years ago. There's nowhere. The road goes nowhere. It's the end of the line. Because, unfortunately, Israel isn't real good friends with their neighbors, so they don't, they don't really keep going too far. So Jesus went to the end where nobody would hear, where nobody would really know about much that he was doing, but that he would change the darkness that people lived in. He came for the people who needed him most. And that's what we need to understand about today. Because Jesus has come for you and me the exact same way for the people who struggle with the greatest darkness. So the question that we need to ask ourselves this Christmas so that we don't just go through another Christmas. It's so easy to get jaded. I went to Christmas. We had Christmas. Got some gifts. Put the tree down. Praise God. One more year, we got to do this again. And we just miss out on what Christmas is really all about. We think it's all about all this other stuff. The only question I want you to ask today is this. What is your region of darkness that Jesus has come to destroy? That he's come to bring light into, 
and to set you free from whatever it is you face. Is it fear? You know, some of us struggle with fear so greatly, you can't make a single decision because you're riddled with fear. I've watched people have conversations. Where would you like to go on vacation this year? Well, I don't know. I don't want to go to Disney World. I heard somebody got mugged in the parking lot there last week. Right. Okay, well, how about we go to the Grand Canyon? I don't know. I heard somebody fell off the edge. You know what I mean? Why don't we stay home? I don't know. I heard if people stay home, their house catches fire. Now look, <laughs> sounds funny to you. That's because you're not the person that feels that. That was a real conversation some people have every day of their lives. Should we buy a new car? I don't know if we can afford it. Should we do this? We live in fear. Some of us live in anxiety. We are constantly tense and worried. You, you just, just never know what the next moment's going to bring, and you don't have any comfort that God's got it in his hand, and you always are just uptight. Maybe the darkness that surrounds you is hatred. Maybe there's, there's a group of people or just a person that you get completely bound up at the thought of. You hate them. Maybe they did something to you or to someone in your family. Maybe it's depression. Maybe you couldn't put a smile on your face if you had to. Maybe it's racism. Maybe there are groups of people that you actually think are not as good as you. Maybe it's unforgiveness. You know, one of the most unfortunate parts of my job is, is hearing some of the horrible things that have happened to people. And some of us rightly have a reason to be offended at the horrible things that have been done to us that should never even be spoken of, much less have actually taken place. And although you have every right to be offended and, and every right to be upset about what has happened to you, what it does is if we act upon that right, then we end up bound up. And our life becomes dark, full of unforgiveness. Maybe the darkness is the immorality that you struggle with or the temptation that you face. Maybe it's the bitterness. For somebody here, at least somebody, there's just the separation from God. Just the He's there and I'm here and I don't think he likes me and, and we're going to just kind of see if we can keep lightning from striking today. For some of us, the darkness is the enemy has convinced you that your life is meaningless. You don't even know why you get out of bed every day. You feel like you're just going through the routine over and over and over again. For some of us, the darkness is that we're deceived, but we don't know it, of course. Some of us were just so ashamed of who we are and the things we've done, that we know if anybody else knew who we truly were, they could never love us. And we know God can, of course, because he actually knows us. We just feel so guilty. Maybe the darkness is the anger that's in your life. Maybe you're angry towards God. Christmas is about celebrating the birth of Jesus. But it's not just about the birth. It's what his birth represents, that God himself has come into this world to be a light in whatever darkness you face. He has come to change that. He has come into supernaturally as a light into what is a naturally dark world to make a change. And here's the one thing. See, he's going to do for us what we could never do for ourselves. That's the reason he came. And I can promise you this. On your own, you can never turn your darkness into light. Never. If you've ever tried, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You try the pills, and as long as you're taking the pills, you can kind of get away with things, but as soon as the pills stop, the darkness is back. 
You try the drinking, the problem's away, but as soon as you're sober, the darkness is back, and then when you're drinking again, it's even darker. You figure out, you can never break the darkness on your own. This is why Jesus came as light into the world to do for us what we will never be able to do for ourselves. So I'm going to take us back where we started. Jesus said, I have come into this world as light so that whoever believes in me would not remain in darkness. You do not have to remain in darkness. You don't. Now here's the thing. If, if we're going to get free of some things today, if you're going to have a different Christmas this year, and you're actually going to encounter the light in places where you need it, the first thing we have to do is acknowledge every person in this room is in one of two groups when it comes to darkness. And, and the first group would be those of us who are actually still in the kingdom of darkness. And, and I know I might have offended someone when I just said that, but likely if you're the one I offended, then you're the one that needs to listen the most, just to be honest. So track with me here for a second. Okay, see, I, I had a college professor, and, and for this one course, he was actually the dean of the entire school. And, and it's never good when the dean of the school is your professor for your class, especially when it's an 8 a.m. mandatory class you're in college. Who wants to go to class at 8 a.m.? Come on, seriously? And, and his way of starting class on time was to shut the door at 8 a.m. And he would. He would walk over and he would shut the door. And here's the thing. As he, as he would shut the door, it did not matter if you were still outside the building running to class because you were late. And it did not matter if you were down the hall and he could see you coming because you were late. And it is also did not matter if he shut the door and hit your nose because you're still late. And the Bible says that when we say, Jesus, you're my king, you died for me, so I'm going to live for you. When we make that acknowledgement, the Bible says he takes us out of the kingdom of darkness and puts us into the kingdom of God. And until that moment, the door is shut. It doesn't matter how good you've been. It doesn't matter if you've been so good that the door shuts on your nose or you've been so bad that it shuts and you're in the parking lot. Either way is the kingdom of darkness. But Jesus came as light into this world to set anybody free from that if they so choose. Then there are those of us. We've already encountered that. We live in the kingdom of God. We come and worship often. Some of us are here every weekend. Some of us a little less than every weekend. But nonetheless, we would say God is God and Jesus is our king. And, and we're good with that. But the truth is we know we still struggle with darkness. We know that there are things that go on in our life. And we just can't understand it. Wait a minute. I follow Jesus. I read my Bible at least some time of the week. And, and every few days I pray. Maybe even every day. Why do I still struggle with this? Why do I still have this problem? Why am I still tempted by this thing? It's because we still live in a dark and fallen world. And perfection only comes when we leave it. So as long as we're here, we know that even though we are in God's kingdom, we are still that group of people who have to depend on Jesus every single day to tear down the darkness that we face. Every single day. We know that we are those people who know that we need more and more of the power of God. We can't do it on our own. And we know that there is more freedom and more light than we're currently experiencing. Everybody's in one of those two groups today. I don't know anybody who would stand up and say, I'm perfect. I'm perfect. Good. We can move forward. The truth I want everybody to know about Christmas, and then we're done, 
the truth I want everybody to know is that a light has come to your darkness. A light has come to your darkness, not just generically speaking, not just Bethlehem 2,000 years ago. A light has come today to your darkness. And it's Jesus' promise. No one, no, not you, no one has to remain in darkness. And I hope that's worth Christmas. You may get a lot of things this year. Lots of presents under the tree and parties with friends. And you might even win prizes for having the ugliest sweater at the party. My wife did that Friday night. It had someone else's face on it. Look, when you get a sweater with someone else's face on it at Goodwill, it's going to win the award. I can guarantee you. But here's the thing. As we close, I do want to make sure that you get an encounter with light. But I've discovered something about making sure that we get an encounter with light, and that is that it's actually largely a matter of your preference. Yeah, I did just say that. It's largely a matter of your preference. See, here's the thing. I had a a roommate in college, and um, he was not going to church with me, and and he was not a believer, as he would even profess. As a matter of fact, he, he did some things that were rather dark, and he actually would profess to that as well. And of course, if you know people and you're friends with them, then you want them to be with you in heaven. You want them to have what you know you are going to have in that fellowship with God. And so you really begin to care for them and to share with them. And I kept inviting them to church and saying, hey, man, won't you come with me? I, no, no, thanks. That's not for me. Hey, man, won't you come with me to this thing? No, no, thanks. That's not for me. And so finally, at one point, I just really sat down with him in the living room and said, look, man, I, I know if you would just come. You would encounter the power of God and it would change your life. And he stopped me right there and he said something I was simply not prepared for. I was only 20. I I didn't know what to say to someone who said something like this. And he said, look, I grew up in that. And I have seen the power of God. I simply prefer the power of darkness. I'll tell you the truth. Not many people can say that. Praise God. But some can. And it is a choice. Some of us have seen God and we want to walk away. Some of us have been exposed to the light. It is a choice and it is a preference. But Jesus came as light, exposing and destroying darkness and declaring that none of us has to remain there. So if we choose to do that today, it is largely a matter of your preference. And so what I'd like to do is to close by helping you declare to yourself where you are in relation to the light. When you came in, there was a card on your seat. Some of you filled it out already, overachievers. Hopefully the answer hasn't changed. Look, this is incredibly simple. It's a spiritual survey. And it's pretty much to help you make an intentional decision about where you are with God. Thanks for listening to the Grace Life Podcast. For more information about us, you can go to gracelife.me. That's gracelife.me. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash gracelifeme and on Twitter at gracelifechurch.com.